Allen's a superstar. Stop being a hater, everybody. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us today on the Windshield Factor Podcast. I have my brother, my man, Dan Kelly, from half of the IC Mike's podcast on the Bills and Buffalo Podcast Network. What's up, Dan? Hey, it's another great day. You know, the Bills haven't lost this season yet. Of course, you mentioned <laughs> IC Mike's. That does come out on Sundays. Catch me on Twitter, guys, at the real Dan Kelly. Don't be afraid for a follow. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Appreciate you coming on, bro. Great as always, man. You're always over on Icy Mics. Give it a listen if you haven't. But uh, I, I wanted to pop in and, and see what's going on on the wind chill factor. Yes, sir. Absolutely, yes. Please go give Icy Mics a listen. One of my favorite podcasts. Um, today, we have a special treat for you. Uh, we have Bill's top 10 players, right? So we know who the top players are. It's a little obvious. So I kind of feel like it'll be more dramatic going to from one to 10, right? Uh, instead of your surprises coming at the beginning, you kind of get your surprises more so at the end, right? So uh, start it off. Dan, who you got as your number one? Oh, man. We're starting it off with me. Well, I think it's Matt Hawk, the punter. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's very important to the success of nothing because it's all about number 17, man. Joshua Patrick Allen from Wyoming. It's all about him, man. I, I just saw a, a post on Facebook not too long ago. It said, your quarterback's jersey numbers, how many games you're going to win this year. I said, all right, let's go, 17-0. I love I'm it. happy with that. Exactly. But seriously, Josh could have won the MVP last year. Go over the numbers again, 4,500 yards. 37 passing touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns. The Bills, of course, went 13 and three. It's really all about him. There's you cannot overstate that fact. I saw EJ Manuel had something to say. I guess he was on a one Bills drive recently, and he he had some good words for for Josh. They haven't had this since Jim Kelly. The turn of the century was the last time there was a franchise guy in Buffalo, and all of their success lies. On his big shoulders. And hey, he looks great in shorts. All right. Hey, that's what they say. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, <clears throat> I'm one of them. I say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's kind of like one of those undeniable facts, right? Um, he, but, he's but, our man crush. Like, I, I cannot tell you how I feel when he lets go of the football. It's like, it is you beautiful. know, it's going to be complete. You just, you yeah. just have a feeling deep inside. That it's not an interception. It's not Fitzpatrick. It's not Kyle Orton. It's not Jeff Toole. It's not all of these guys that failed in Buffalo. It's yep. Josh Allen. And it works. The way he just whips his arm like that. And then, yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful sight. And what I love even more about the um, 17, the 17 games you could win. Hey, you could say, you could even break that up and say maybe he won 14 games in the regular season, three games in the postseason, and then the Super Bowl. Or thirteen games in the regular season, <laughs> four games in the postseason, and then Super Bowl win. Either way, I'm down for it. Right? Let's do Sounds it. Sounds good to me. Uh, guess it's my turn. It my is. number one is going to be. I mean, come on now. 
it's obviously Josh Allen, right? Uh, Josh Allen is the generational talent. Josh Allen is the potential. Just he's the most physically gifted quarterback we've ever seen in our lives. Like he's faster than any other guy who can throw like him. He's bigger and stronger and, but you know, than any other guy who can throw like him. So if you take in consideration, all the guys who can throw like him, it's like, Oh, okay. He's bigger, faster, stronger, uh, smarter in terms of Wonderlick score. At least he can, he has improved every single uh, half a season, you know, statistically, uh, I mean, this guy, <laughs> he's the full package. He's everything. He's, he's, he's the guy, he's the chosen one. What do you want me to say? He's Neil. Like he's, he's the savior of Buffalo. Like I, 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 I really don't mean to understate this, but this guy could potentially become the greatest quarterback of all time. He's the prototypical Buffalo guy. It seems like he was built in a lab by Buffalonians for about 30 years, just crafting the perfect quarterback for that weather, for that team, and for the play style of the 2020s. That's what we're in, man. 2020s, Justice. Absolutely. And if we got people like Tom Brady playing till he's 45, why can't Josh play till this? I mean, that's going to be – 15, 20 years down the line. I'm sure our medicine and technology will be even better by that point. So why can't he play till he's 45? So we could potentially have the greatest quarterback of all time, the most physically gifted quarterback of all time with one of the greatest arms of all time for 20 plus years. Because he's never leaving Buffalo. That's not going to happen with him and Brandon Bean the way it happened with with uh, ben, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, the way it happened with Brady and Belichick. We got the guy and they have a great relationship and they have no – I have no reason to believe it's ever going to sour. Yeah, they love each other. There's nothing there to show that. But talking about Brady, like the comparisons can't start yet. If you want to compare Allen and Brady, I think the Bills need to win at least three Super Bowls to even start that comparison. I am a firm believer in this, and, and I may be in the minority. That's fine. People want to call Tom Brady the greatest quarterback ever, obviously because of his seven championship rings. I think he is the greatest player ever. I consider quarterback a different category. The greatest quarterback ever in my mind is Aaron Rodgers. But the greatest thrower is Patrick Mahomes. Like, There's different things that these guys are good at. And if Josh Allen can be one of the GOATs, I think we would all be happy with it. But I think we're going to move on to number two, Justice. No, actually, you know what? That makes sense. I I, kind of see where you're going with that. Grant Tom Brady is the greatest player ever. He plays football better than anybody who's ever played the greatest quarterback the greatest guy who has ever played quarterback is Aaron Rodgers the greatest guy who's ever thrown it was you know what I I see where you're going with that I I appreciate that that. thank you because that that is something that I I tell people and they give me like crazy eyes like what are you talking about if you watch football long enough and you analyze it we we are not analysts let me just preface with that Me and Justice have not played in the NFL. If the Buffalo Bills want to give us a call, I'm pretty sure we would take it. But as of now, we have not suited up in the NFL, so I cannot call myself an analyst. But I do analyze games, and I I do pay attention. I had season tickets for 10 years. I had all all these things. I go to school for broadcasting. No flex real quick. um, It's it's just a thing, man. (laughs) I don't feel like you can say there's a GOAT 
when it when it comes to certain things, like people were saying to go to the NBA, Michael Jordan's the GOAT, LeBron is the GROAT. Did you hear about that? Greatest recruiter of all time. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think we want to get into basketball territory, but I'm just saying. There's different levels. There's different levels to things. I didn't come up with that. Don't. don't No, no. I'm just saying whoever did that was lame. (laughs) Hey, the internet is what it is nowadays. But the number two most important Buffalo Bill Justice is number fourteen. It's Stefan Diggs. You know he came in last year off of the trade. No preseason action with the offense. I mean, maybe he met Josh at some abandoned park where. They didn't allow masks or something like that because it seems like they got some kind of superhero connection. Like it's a dynamic duo. It's literally Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and stepbrothers come to life. That's really what it is. Their connection is deeper than the football field. And I don't think we've ever seen that in Buffalo. Maybe the closest thing we had to it was Ryan Fitzpatrick and Stevie Johnson. Stevie, obviously one of the better seventh round picks, one of the better Buffalo Bills receivers, but I don't think he matches up. I even had a cameo from him a few months ago. He said, hey, look at those dogs out there right now. It's not about me anymore. Uh, But Diggs, really, just that year last year was unbelievable. 1,500 yards, only eight touchdowns. I always sour on Bills players who don't score a lot. Shady had the same issue. He always got all these yards, but when he got to the goal line, it was handed to somebody else. The fullback took it. Tyrod Taylor, you know, runs it in. I always got angry at that, so – Diggs needs to wrap up those touchdowns to double digits, and then I think we're good. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I obviously, uh, if I have to pick a second most important player on the team, it, it would have to be uh Stefan Diggs. He is the first team all pro. He is the uh rece- receptions leader, the receiving yards leader. Um you know, he's he's that boy, quite frankly. Uh Stefan Diggs is the guy. Uh I, I think that him and Josh could you know what? I, I remember you mentioned earlier about how it's probably too early for Brady uh comparisons, but mine isn't necessarily an accomplishment comparison. It's more of like an analogy, right? More so than an a, Yeah, but a but Justin, you say that and people are gonna take it as gospel. Your fans Fans of the Bills, let's be honest, they're a little crazy. They've gone through a little bit too many tables, maybe some fire, maybe some condiments being poured on them. We don't know what's going on in their heads. So if you say something, they're going to take it and they're going to run with it. And they're going (laughs) to twist your words into a pretzel, buddy. I Look, man, all my stuff is on wax. Like You can run back what I say and I stand by what I say. But when I say it, I'm saying that it is it's it's more of an analogy than a comparison. Like I'm not comparing like Josh Allen to seven Super Bowl rings or however many he has six or seven. seven is it seven? seven? Okay, seven. right. I'm not comparing seven. Josh Allen to seven <laughs> Super Bowl rings, right? I'm not doing that. All I'm simply saying is a dynasty, you know, in the AFC East, the division, which I believe that Josh Allen at his highest potential can create a patriotic sort of dynasty, right? Not exactly seven championships, right? But in Okay, let let, let me tell you what you're saying this time. Instead of seven Super Bowls, you're basically saying the Bills can sustain success for two decades. Yes. Now, I don't know about that because we don't know how long Josh Allen's going to play. At his high, at, at, at his maximum potential, you don't know about that? 
I, I cannot tell you in 20 years what's going to be going on in the NFL. If you can, please tell me the lottery ticket numbers for tomorrow as well. You mentioned yards leader, receptions leader. Did you ever think that was going to happen in Buffalo? Like, looking where we were before Josh Allen came in, before Diggs comes in from the trade, is that something that was ever attainable for anybody else that's played in Buffalo? Um, I No, because nobody else had a quarterback. Um, I think that we had players who could have done it. I think that Eric Moles was very, very talented. He should have been a Hall of Famer. He had Hall of Fame talent. I think that Lee Evans was a dog, probably. Lee Evans will be remembered for dropping the ball with the Baltimore Ravens in that end zone and not beating the Patriots in that playoff game. I mean, if you want to diminish that, his that's, to that, that's like his. I, I hey, personally. Hey, that's I what think I remember Lee Evans him is for. A legend. I mean, I, I respect it, but I personally remember because I watched Lee Evans. Like that boy was a monster. He, I remember uh, JP Lossman threw him two eighty-three yard touchdowns back. Like, I, I, like if you, I can't understand if you don't remember those moments. But like, if you live those moments, you want especially because we had nothing to live for. Like the Bills were terrible, but Lee Evans was always out there, you know, going off. So I would say that um, Andre Reed, obviously. Eric Moles, and then you think he ever Lee had a Evans. chance to lead the league? No, absolutely not. But but Pierce Price wasn't really. I mean, I don't mean this to sound mean, but he wasn't that type of talent to me. Um, but although I was young watching it, so I don't know. But Eric Moles would have had a chance. Lee Evans, Stevie Johnson, uh, if they had a quarterback. But and since- the reason they didn't was because Josh Allen was probably in in primary school. You know, just learning how to. The- handle the football correctly <laughs> yeah unfortunately for you probably would have been better than what we had back then too <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> but uh who's your number here? who's your number three guy okay number three i'm gonna throw a curveball at you uh the 95th ranked player on the list of 100 players in the nfl i'm gonna go Tredavious white number three because i think having a lockdown corner is just paramount nowadays i don't know how kansas city is successful without one and tampa bay to a point as well so maybe it's not the be all end all but i love having a lockdown corner you know we had gilmore previously before he decided to be a turncoat and leave but tredavious white really impresses me i know he's a zone guy i'm not saying i want him to play man man to man but he's probably the best zone corner in the league that's just Maybe my opinion, maybe not. I mean, I think I could definitely find the stats to back it up. I'd like if he got some more interceptions. The reason that he's not higher on that top 100 list is the fact that, to me, and I was just discussing this today, he's kind of like Richard Sherman in a way that he's so good that quarterbacks don't even target him. So if he's not targeted, he's not going to get the stats to reach – you know, the all pro again, the pro bowl again, because the quarterbacks just won't test him. I think he's very important to this defense. And I really hope that McDermott and company have a number two. Obviously it's Levi Wallace right now, but who's it going to be in the future? Is it going to be Levi Wallace on one year deals year after year after year? Or are we going to draft somebody or, you know, maybe, maybe a mid season trade or something, but Tredavious white is key to success for this team in 2021. 
I respect that. Uh, I think that Jadavius White is a pretty good answer there. I think that the only reason uh, he gets disrespected like 95th best player in the league is because people don't seem to respect zone corners as much as they respect man-to-man corners for whatever reason. Uh, I think All the love for Jalen Ramsey. All the love for Jalen Ramsey. Even though he plays a lot of zone too, you know? Right, exactly. It's it's weird. They pick favorites. But my number three guy is uh, Deion Dawkins. I think he's the guy protecting the potentially greatest quarterback ever. And I I speak in what I specifically think will happen. So I, I... really don't mind speaking in hyperbole because this is what I literally believe it'll happen. And until that doesn't look like it could possibly happen, and I'll, you know, I'll back off of it at that point, but until it does, you know, I, I kind of see it going in that direction. Right. So I want somebody reliable protecting him and Deion Dawkins has proven to be reliable in that regard. So um, I think Deion Dawkins is growing as a player. He's, he's still relatively young. Uh, and he is primed to become a pretty damn good left tackle. I think he can be. Uh, I, I think that, you know, he's he, he was drafted by this team. He's come a long way, and uh, he got paid recently. So I think that he can be that franchise left tackle that we're looking for. Uh, but how do you feel about uh, Deion Dawkins? Uh, you already know he's the next one on my list at four. Uh Really, one of the positions the Bills have, have done better with. I mean, you look at – why do I always forget it? Cordy Glenn. Cordy Glenn worked out really well for Buffalo. Also, Jason Peters. Also, in a way, Cordy Glenn helped them net Josh Allen because they traded up for a first-round pick, which eventually ended up getting traded up again and then packaged with another pick and traded up again. But that, that pick did help lead us to our savior, as we mentioned prior but uh, Deion Dawkins definitely, you know, I think he had a little bit of a sophomore slump, but I think he, he's come a long way, as you mentioned, and he's really the uh, cornerstone of this offensive line. I think he's one of the only younger pieces. I know Cody Ford is also one of the younger pieces, but he still has a lot to develop. I don't even know if he's going to get the start. Daryl Williams is also important, but he's on the wrong side of 30. I think Deion Dawkins is definitely – it's the book on the left tackle. Everybody looks for it one of the highest paid positions in all of sports. And like you mentioned, he got paid. He's going to be protecting Josh Allen, hopefully for the entire length of his career in Buffalo. Absolutely. That's the uh, ideal situation to happen. I would love that, especially if he was talented enough to make it happen, to stay on the roster for that long, to protect who was talented enough to, you know, be the quarterback for Buffalo. So uh, that would be awesome. Um my number four is actually his number three, which is Tredavious White. Uh, I think that Tredavious White is one of the best defenders in the league. I think that he's overly disrespected because he plays in Buffalo because they everybody disrespects Buffalo for whatever reason, right? Um, man, listen, if you look at last season, just last season when the season started, remember when Josh Allen was balling out crazy and they were like, oh, it's not going to last. He is a fluke. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to win MVP, right? You remember that, right? I do remember, remember that. that. Yeah, I so – uh, Josh Allen really never had a shot to win the VP, if we're being honest, because they never really gave him a chance. Even I, think, I think he definitely did, but he kind of fell off a little bit after that Seahawks game, and he wasn't putting up the yards and the mm-hmm. touchdowns that Rodgers put up. Rodgers put up more passing touchdowns at the end of the day, and I think that's really what they look for. The, the crazy thing is, is the NBA always gives the MVP to a different player most of the time. Sometimes you see it happen more than once. LeBron obviously has a bunch. 
But I wish the NFL would do that in a way because I'm sick of seeing, you know, Brady hold five and Pey- or Peyton hold five, Brady holds three or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, let's really think if Josh Allen was not on the Bills, how many wins would they get? Most valuable player is the title. I think he's more valuable to the Bills. The Packers have right. the replacement on the roster already, or at least some think that. So I, I don't know. I don't know if you can say he didn't have a chance. Everybody has a chance, but I see where you're going. You're, you're, you're taking the, the me route, so I have to take the opposite route because I'm always the guy, hey, people want to back talk Buffalo, and I hate it. So I'm taking the opposite side here. It's very hard, let me tell you that, because I want to. Well, no, I, the only reason I say he never had a chance is because MVP is largely a narrative-based award, right? Uh, it's, it's about what the media is saying, and the media likes to play you know, tag and everybody else okay. kind of follows the same train a lot of times. Right. So when it was Russell Wilson, it was a cult following of straight Russell Wilson. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when Josh kind of had, he had the injury, <laughs> that's why it was, you know, and not to mention there was COVID games and all this other, whatever, course, whatever. Yeah. But Tennessee eventually game. he came back and balled out the back half of the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had more rushing touchdowns, more rushing yards, more passing yards than ever. He had a lot more. He had more production in terms of percentage of yards for your team and touchdown percentage for your team than Aaron Rodgers did. And he didn't have the running game Aaron Rodgers did. There was plenty of reasons you could have said Josh Allen should have been MVP, but he never really had the chance because the, the narrative, the media never really had his back in that regard. It was Russell Wilson and then it was Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Right. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, that, that's kind of Tredavious White. Exactly. <laughs> Tredavious White. Um, so I don't even know how I got on that, but I anyways, have Tredavious no White, idea. <laughs> all pro, two time all pro. Um, I feel like he is one of the better defenders. Oh, that because I said they always underrate Buffalo. But anyway, um, who is your? What are we at? Number five. Yeah, number five. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna package some players up here. I'm gonna say the running backs. They just oh. need to average a bunch of yards. Like seriously, if if the running backs can produce to half of what they produced last year, you're gonna take a lot off of Josh Allen's shoulders. I don't think. And I don't want to phrase this wrong. I don't think Josh Allen throwing the football every single play is going to be what's best for this football team. We obviously saw him get banged up in the past, whether it be last year, his rookie year. I don't want him to stop running because I think that was a problem with EJ Manuel. I, I spoke about Manuel a little bit earlier. Manuel used to take off all the time. At one point, he got hurt. My feeling, and I don't have any evidence, but my feeling is that the coaches came to him and told him, hey, you know, maybe maybe you don't run so much. Maybe you don't look to scramble so much. He didn't scramble at all when he came back from that injury, and it kind of forced him out. He didn't get the starting job back, blah, blah, blah. But Josh Allen runs so much, and he's he's gotten smarter a little bit when it comes to sliding and all that. But I really think if the running backs can average, I don't know, four, three and a half yards of carries, something better than what they did last year, anything would really help balance the offense, get more play action opportunities. I'm looking for the running backs, whether it's Moss, whether it's Singletary. I don't care. Singletary really impressed me in that game against Detroit. We haven't seen Zach Moss due to a, another injury, I believe. I don't think this is the same injury that knocked him out of the postseason. But anybody, whoever's number is called, just do something, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally understand where you're coming from there. Um, I think we 
have a good situation this year. Um, Matt Breida didn't look amazing to me yeah, in the preseason Breida game. Breida did not he, impress me. I was not yeah. on the Breida train. I'm still not on the Breida train. Somebody yeah. wants to get me on the Breida train, hit me up on Twitter. It's not going to work, but you can try. <laughs> Absolutely. It seemed like he missed a couple holes, um, but uh, uh, Devin Singletary obviously looked very, very good. Uh, Zach Moss, we should see him. He was practicing today as of Monday, August 16th. Uh, so expect to see him. May I don't know if you should see, expect to see him in Chicago. Maybe not. I think uh, they said they want him to play. McDermott did say he wants him to play. I just don't know if he's going to be ready. Okay. I don't know about that. I don't know if he should play, but I, I guess he it did, depends he did on He did say how. he wants him to play in Chicago. That was his goal. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, well, I guess we'll see. Um, so my number five is going to be actually a tandem as well. It's going to be the linebacking tandem of Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, right? So um, Tremaine Edmonds is one of those guys where it's – I can see, like, his origin stories, right? He's this kind of skinny kid, big, huge, long, mad potential, all this other stuff. Potential, and, uh, potential. Potential, potential, potential. It's all you hear about Tremaine Edmonds, man. I mean, that's 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 one way to look at it, but I think that the only reason you can mention his potential is because of the production he's already put on the field. I mean, he's the two-time Pro Bowler. Whether you want to admit that that's something or not, it still is what he is, right? That means he was one of the top ten, at least, linebackers in his conference, right? So. Um, I think there's something to be said for that, right? Especially when you talk about how young he is, and I know that's another thing people like to say, but oh he is very God. young. Oh, my God. You're hitting all the stereotypical statements right now. Because they are very valid statements. He is young. He has he's he has all the physical traits. I've so heard it, it for years. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When you think about the Buffalo Bills and their developmental team, they developed Josh Allen. They developed Tyler Boss, Tyler Bass, excuse me. Uh, they developed all these guys who have raw talent, and they put it all together to make them the package deal, basically. I have no reason not to believe they cannot do the same with Tremaine Evans. I just feel like you should give it some time. Like uh, he, He's learning the position. His awareness is a little off, but I feel like with the more football experience he has, the more he'll be able to adapt and develop to it. You know, he's still again, he's young, like he's he's the same age as some players getting drafted. He he, he isn't all there yet. So Looks I think uh, like you should Jordan give it some time. Plays like Jane. You ever see draft day? You think he plays like Jane? I think he does. Not on, on a scale of Dan Kelly, let me ask you this. On a scale of <laughs> one to ten, where would you rate Tremaine Emmons as a linebacker right now? In terms of what? Just a linebacker in the NFL? Just the overall linebacker in the NFL. I think he's a seven. That's pretty damn good. That 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 is pretty good, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for more than pretty good. Let me let me tell you what I mean by the Tarzan and Jane reference. He's not aggressive enough when it comes to the football. You look at a guy. I agree. Who who was that that linebacker that just got paid in Indianapolis? I always forget his name. Uh, Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard is a amazing and b mm-hmm. insanely aggressive. Josh Allen tried to truck him over last year. 
they collided and it was basically it was a stalemate. Which yeah, is it was damn explosion. impressive for exactly. a quarterback. Fan, it was awesome. But mm. the intensity that Darius Leonard plays with, I don't see in Tremaine Edmonds. And it could be, and I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt. It's possible that the injuries have taken a toll. And I'm fine with that. He's been hurt a lot. Both linebackers have. I'm a bigger fan of Milano because I think he has more production. But I'm just sick of hearing all the talk. You mentioned the Pro Bowl. Five years ago, that would mean more to me than it does now. Terod Taylor made a Pro Bowl in Buffalo because quarterbacks sat out. Or they made the Super Bowl. Brady made the Super Bowl. Other quarterbacks didn't want to play. Sometimes that happens. You don't have to be top 10 at your position to make the Pro Bowl anymore. I think Edmonds does have room to succeed. But I think right now – You have to be at least top 10 at your position to make the Pro Bowl. I don't think so. I think he is is top 10 in his his position. But there's room to grow. I don't think – He's Absolutely. reached what he needs, but I'm just sick of hearing potential, potential. I want to see it. I want to see him roam around the field. My co-host, Mike Schimberski on Icy Mike's mentioned the linebacker that played against Detroit. Andre Smith was all over the field running, you know, Absolutely. Damn good. exactly. I want to be talking about Tremaine Edmonds like that. I mm. want, I want more production, less talk. Just, just See, for Edmonds. For Milano, tell you, I'm fine. He took a hometown discount. He's back. I'll tell you why potential means something with Tremaine Edmonds, right? It's because we've seen him put it together. We've seen him learn how to play the linebacker position, right? It's the same exact thing with Josh Allen. You could say in his second year, I don't want to hear about potential. I want to see production on the No, field, because right? that was, no, that on, was hold on, quick. Hold on. That was hold quick. On, hold on. What do you mean quick? It was quick. Josh Allen's turnaround was it it wasn't expected as quick as it happened, but it was right. so year you admit better, that year so, better. So you admit that him jumping from season two to season three was quick, right? Yes. You I do. know that him and Tremaine Edmonds were drafted in the same year, right? I so do. So if you think that Josh Allen's development is quick, why are you rushing Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds? Because I just don't think he fits the the brand that they're trying to create on the defense. It's it's old guys everywhere, especially on that D line. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to get younger, and he's and he's that young guy. I want him to step up and be that leader. I know he's taking a captain role and all that. I really just need the production on the field, man. I I love hearing potential. I love that he's young. Trust me, it was the only thing I could think of when he was drafted. He was younger than me. When he was drafted, and I was a teenager as well, but you know he was a few months younger. That's fine. I think I'm impatient because of the success of everybody else, and that's not Tremaine Edmonds's fault. But I'm I'm getting to that point where like we I just need to see it. I need to see it on the field. I want if you're not gonna be that explosive vocal guy, which we've seen, he's kind of not. He's that, that maybe not his role. Show us the quiet confidence. Show us – go on the field and just show out, please, and stay healthy. That's really the number one thing, I think, for him. I think the reason that he hasn't been aggressive, the reason he doesn't shoot those gaps so fast is his, his shoulder. And and maybe it was a lingering problem all year. But I'm a bigger fan of Milano because there's more there. And Milano was developed as well. I was really happy when he took that discount. But you packaged them together. Why? Why didn't you just go Edmonds? Because I feel like they are a package deal. I feel like 
Edmonds is a lot of the reason that Milano is good, and Milano is a lot of the reason that Edmonds is good. Um, I I think that they they pair very well. I think that they can read like they can help each other out. Um, I think that you know Milano helps Edmonds with his blind spots and vice versa. I feel like they can grow to be something special. Um, I am a proponent of time. Okay. I'm not an impatient person. There's only 24 and I don't think, hours in a day. Hold on. I think Brandon Bean is a lot like me, right, in terms of patience, right? In terms of being six they, foot six? <laughs> I'm six nine, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that he believes in the long game. He, he, he wants to look in the long term, which is like what he did with offensive line and the defensive line in the draft this year. May not be the sexy pick, but it's the long game. He wants to develop some guys with raw talent. And I think that's his idea for Tremaine Edmonds as well. I feel like if I look at Tremaine Edmonds drafted first round, number 16th pick, so he's going to get chances, whether you guys like it or not. It We've, we've added, like we, we put stock into him. Like he has value on our team. Right. So um, I think that they're going to develop him. And I feel like he can be our linebacker for the next 10, 12 years. I feel like he has that talent and he has that potential. I don't want just a tackling machine. Okay. I want somebody who can force turnovers, who can cause wreckage. A lot of people say Edmonds is good in coverage. I think he is to a point. He can't keep up with some of the tight ends. That's, that's a problem that Buffalo's defense has is covering tight ends. And if I can single out him or Milano, because they're, both not fast enough to cover some tight ends, which, hey, all linebackers can't do everything. I understand that. But Buffalo routinely gives up those yards to tight ends and to running backs out of the backfield. But you could say that That's about Milano as well. Milano I know. gives I, up those yards as well. That's what I said. M- Milano can't do it either. So maybe that guy just isn't on the team yet. Maybe. So, what is, so why are you so much higher on Milano? Than, okay, let me ask you this question. You said you would rate Tremaine Emmons a 7 out of 10. Where would you rate Matt Milano? I, th- I think I put him in the same boat. I-, I think I would rate him the same because... But Tremaine Emmons is younger, bigger, That's fine. Stronger. I don't, I don't I think know, that, stronger, that, always, that always applies because at the end of the day, Milano costs less because Edmonds just got his fifth-year option. He's going to be looking for a massive contract. If they want to pay him, sure, pay him. But Milano just took a hometown discount to stay, and I've seen more intensity from Milano. I've seen Milano force turnovers. Edmonds, not so much. Three career interceptions, like that that kind of stuff bothers me. Like how, how many plays are you in for? We, we mentioned the injuries. He hasn't missed many football games. He's missed two in his career, but I think – and, and maybe it's on him. Maybe it's on the, the training staff. Maybe it's on the coaching staff, whatever it is. We know he's had lingering issues because it's been talked about and it's came out. I don't know if Buffalo has been fined. I know other teams have been fined for, for holding that stuff away from the NFL, but we know that that has harmed him at least somewhat. So maybe that's because he doesn't want to sit. You know what I mean? Maybe it's, Hey, it's that drive. If I'm hurt, I'm going to play, you know, that old school. That's not, that's not what we're in anymore. It's 2021. If you're hurt and you cannot play football, sit on the bench, okay? Please get healthy, get better. Maybe that's one of the things that that bothers me, but I I've seen more from Matt Milano. I've I've seen more character and I I've, I've seen more 
it's just something I feel, okay? I can't I can't quantify feelings. Once I become mm-hmm. a scientist, I'll let you know. I, I just I, I wanna <laughs> this is nuts. Uh, <laughs> really quickly. Hey. Uh no 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 <laughs> no no, no. I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at stats right now. I'm just saying this is nuts is what I'm looking at, right? Let me let me let me give and, you a Milano play that, that comes to mind immediately. And you you tell me a Tremaine Edmonds play that comes to mind. Versus the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Milano hits the running back when he's coming shallow. Ball pops into the air, interception right before halftime, Bill score. Mm-hmm. Love that play. You know, Milano was one of the players in for the tight uh the the Houston Texans game that missed the sack on Deshaun Watson that allowed him to throw the ball to the running back to go ahead and get in field goal range. You're talking about the All magician? I'm saying is Yeah. Yeah. Milano was one of the players in on that non sack. Yeah. All I'm saying player. is that I, I will never me, understand how he broke that sack ever. I feel like he's plenty productive. Um you, and I you don't can get say you can say that me. you can say that Edmonds is gonna work out and, and I'm fine with that. I'm just sick of hearing Potential, young, potential, but it's, young. It seems like I've you're trying to diminish it. his production, though. No, I'm, I'm not diminishing it. it it's like when, when Milano was signed. Like, was I happy that he came back on a discount? Yes. But mm-hmm. th- think about what else they could have done with that money. They could have went out and got one of those tight ends that was on the market. They could have went out. J.J. Watt was available. Like, the, there was other opportunities I think the the linebacker position may be strong in theory and maybe on paper. I mentioned two guys, Preston Brown, Zach Brown. They both had over 100 tackles with the Bills. So your your tackling thing, I understand where you're going with it, but it's not all about tackling. All I'm I'm speaking to is production. I'm saying that Tremaine Evans is is I don't want to diminish his production. No, no. That you yourself saying, admitted that he's a seven, right? So you. I, have, I, on, I the, said they're the both a seven. Really I said they're both a seven. Personally, the thing that really confuses me personally is you say Tremaine Emmons is a seven overall as a from on a scale of one to ten, right? And then you also say that Josh Allen had a rapidly quick development. Tremaine Emmons and Josh Allen were drafted in the same exact draft class. Yeah. So if you if you admit that Josh Allen's development was quick. How can you then criticize Tremaine Edmonds for not being at his full potential yet? I'm not as much criticizing Edmonds' development as I'm criticizing hearing about it on a constant basis about but potential, potential, potential. But I don't care. You you tell me once, and that's fine. We talked about Josh Allen last year, potential, 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 and it came true. It doesn't always go like that. It's but not we could speak to it because my, the possibility is there. My my point is I just get sick of hearing the same thing. You know, one one, one thing <laughs> you one hear the same thing with Dawson Knox. One, one thing we do, let, let me just break down the fourth wall for you real quick here. Before we started this podcast, we said, Hey, what do we want to talk about that's original? What do we want to talk about that hasn't been talked about? That's mm-hmm. what I like, man. That's what I like is hey, mm-hmm. I know about Edmonds, I know about his potential, I know about his age, I know all of that. I, so just what, wanted, what I just want to. I just want to see it. I want to contribute to the conversation of Tremaine Edmonds. Then, what was that? So, what different? If you if you're tired of hearing the narrative, what differently do you want to hear of, about Tremaine Edmonds? Then, because I mean, to me, that's that's what to speak about. Like he showed you, he's he's one of the top linebackers in the conference. He showed you he's super duper young. He showed you he's super duper athletic. He showed you he's long. He can make plays. 
he's just not great yet. He's good. He's just not great. And I'll give you that. I'm not just going to sit here and be a proponent of Tremaine Edmonds should be in the Hall of Fame or anything. I don't even know if he will be great. All I'm saying is that he has the tools, the skill set to possibly do it. And the only thing with me speaking to the future, because I'm a futurist, right? I like to see things down the road, right? I like to see where things could go, right? So that's why in Josh's rookie year and I'm seeing him leap over people, I'm like, Oh, this guy could be good if he puts it all together, right? I'm seeing him throw 60 yards in the air through the Jacksonville Jaguars while he's getting tackled by two 300-pound people. I'm like, this guy could be good if he put it together. People were like, he's a bum, he's a bust, and he shouldn't be in the league. I was like, just give him time. Second year, he learned how to be a quarterback. Just give him time. They were like, he's not going to be a starter. Bro, what are you talking about? He just won 10 games. Anyway, give him time, right? Third year, boom, superstar. So for Tremaine Evans, I'm not a, I don't think so. I think that... Rookie year, he was just a little all over the place, right? Uh, second thir- second year, he was, you know, kind of seemed like he didn't really know what was going on. But he was still productive through all of that. He's, he needs to learn how to play the position. Third year, he was a little injured. So fourth year in the season of culmination, in my opinion, I feel like this is where everything comes perfectly and we win the Super Bowl. I don't see why a Leslie Frazier, a la, a Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott-led defense can't teach uh, Tremaine Emmons how to be a linebacker. You, the, 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 the person, the man behind Luke Keekley, I feel like and Luke Keekley was in a building with the Bills. I feel like he has what it takes to be able to maximize the production of Tremaine Emmons because he's maximizing the production of people like Le- Levi Wallace. So you, so an undrafted free agent, <laughs> he's, he's never not started a game in his career. I'm inclined to believe he can maximize the production of Tremaine Evans, but uh, we're going to move on. No, no, what no, we're is... not. The, 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 this is what this show is going on: is this Tremaine <laughs> Edmonds stuff. <laughs> Let me say, man. Okay, it's not about saying that he can't do it. It's not about that mm-hmm. he doesn't have the physical stuff. Mm-hmm. It's about the fact that everybody feels a different way. Okay, and mm-hmm. and Josh Allen, we, we can both admit, was an anomaly of sorts at the quarterback position. We've never seen that kind of growth, completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, all that. We've never seen that in the NFL. So for you to say that, hey, Edmonds could be the next, yeah, and I could fly right now. The possibility of it is is very, very low, and I'm not saying oh, that. Oh, see, that's where, that's where our difference is. You think the possibility of him being great is low. No, I don't I think don't. it's low. I, I don't think it's that. low. I think I think that the thinking that he can have the Josh Allen leap is low. No, that's I think not he what is. I'm saying. <laughs> that's my point. I think he can grow. And I think that there, there's two things I want to see from him. I want to see more leadership and him running the defense. One thing that, that's very important that Josh mentioned in uh, either mini camp or training camp or whatever is to football players last year, Yes, it was a struggle and a bad year in ways, but the fact that they could hear each other in the in the snap and during the play was a big help to them. So being that there's going to be fans back, there's going to be obviously, you know, an, another team on the other side, I want to see how he handles this coming year. I want to see him show out. Again, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane is my opinion. That that doesn't that doesn't make me wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm not taking away right. your opinion. And do I want Edmonds to have 150 tackles and pick off 10 balls? 
Yes, please. See, that that's the, I had no. no problem with your opinion. It was you who were saying you were tired of hearing about potential, potential. That, that's the thing, though. Like, listen, if, if you turn on the TV every day and the guy says mm-hmm. the same thing, how likely are you to sit down and listen to him? I mean, I give different. <laughs> I give more in-depth opinions than just I understand that. But, but if you say it and then Jill, Joe says it and Bob says it and Billy says it, I'm sick of hearing it by the time I get to you. And that's not on you. That's not on you at all. I know that's one of the big stories <laughs> with the Buffalo Bills. But, but what just, other narratives are you trying to create with you Tremaine even, Edmonds? You don't even have to discuss it. It's just a thing. Hey, Tremaine Edmonds is on his rookie deal. His fifth-year option was picked up. We, we understand the narrative. It's like, well, what if I say I'm tired of hearing about the fifth year option being picked up? See, you could do that with anything. That, this, no, because, because, really... because who talks about that? Do, do, do people even yeah, know how people, much? I've heard people do, talk about it. <laughs> do people even know how much the fifth year option costs? You know what I mean? Like things like that are things that aren't brought into the conversation enough. The fact that I mean, he might not be in Buffalo after when, this coming year when I speak to is the story. Tremaine Edmonds being a top five player on the Buffalo Bills. I'm speaking to what he has done and just Josh Allen just got paid. They said, what is not based on what he's done is based on what we think you can do. So I obviously don't have Tremaine Edmonds at number one. He's not the most important player on, on the team to me. He's about halfway through the top five, right? I feel like he can be, you know, that good to greatish type of player going forward, you know, as well. For the team, uh, if he can that's just fine. improve, Again, we, we we have differing opinions. It's it's fine, right? So I'm saying if he can, it, you 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 said he was a seven so far. I would say I I will. I would say maybe him. I would Let say me. maybe like a seven, right? So if I can assume that he's going to develop and get better, like players are supposed to do, anything up from a seven is 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 damn near great. So that's all I'm saying when I speak to his potential. But again, uh, I, we we could discord if from he, this. If he proves it to me to, to me this year and shows, and yeah, absolutely. That's what he that, has to do. He has to go out there and prove it. That's he what I'm. That's what I'm looking for. I want week day. one to happen. That's all that matters. If, if week one happens tomorrow, then I'll shut up. Everybody can stop listening to me. But for now, it's like <laughs> it's it's just too much sometimes. Where, where are we at? Do, do we want to keep going with this top 10 list? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and finish up. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have <laughs> I'm sure we're going to have some players that are repeated and we kind of can just go again and yeah, both give our opinions to, on them. You'll have to cut that down um, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so where, where are we, we at? at? Number six. Who's your number six? Number six we're at? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Number six. I'm going to go I'm going to go another tandem here. Safeties, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. I think they're two of the most underrated safeties in the league. Both of them not being top 10 in, in Madden is uh, disheartening. Disgusting. Exactly. I think they're they're both fantastic. They're both tied to Buffalo. And they, and they do different things. You know, Micah is that safety, like safety, safety. He stays way back and Poyer comes up in the box more often and I think it just works, and I've always been enamored by the safety position. Aaron Williams was my favorite player growing up. I, I love the way he played, the intensity. George Wilson, Jarris Bird, they've had great safeties, and I think that these two are two more. Without them, the secondary wouldn't be what it is. I really hope the defensive line can get some pressure, but 
if they do, those guys are really going to show out and see what they can do. You know, we had a bunch of tip picks a few years ago, and everybody was going crazy about the turnover number. This is what I mean. Numbers don't mean everything. Sometimes you get 10, 10 picks. Seven of them are batted. Nobody cares about that at the end of the day, that you got 10 picks is enough. So I, I really want them to to prove their worth. They're a hefty penny, and they're worth every one, but I, I want them to keep proving that. Um, actually, it's pretty funny to, to show you even more proof that this show is probably going to start getting quick on from here. Um, they actually are my number six as well. Um, hey, I you know. think that they we can agree on something. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they do what Leslie Frazier. Oh, my God. I can't get his name today. Okay. Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott want them to do perfectly. Right. I feel like uh, the McDermott Frazier defense kind of just puts players in position to succeed and if you're good enough to succeed and, and thrive in that position then you'll be considered a great player right and I think that they are both good at their position they're both good at what they do I think the reason they don't uh create as many turnovers I don't know if that's quite their fault I think no, it's, it's not, uh, simply it's I think it's because there's a lack of pass rush I think that if we had some type of pass rush where the quarterback wasn't just sitting back there doing whatever he wanted to do um, I feel like we would they would create more opportunities for turnovers. Create quarterbacks would have to uh, try to squeeze the ball into tighter holes. And we know that, uh, you know, we play great zone defense. Um, and so I feel like uh, with the defensive line being bolstered, you know, a couple of high draft picks, I feel like uh, hopefully we should get more pressure this year and they can get more opportunities. Uh, but uh, who's your number seven? One thing I want to talk about there that you mentioned is like, you know, the defensive line doesn't get pressure. And, and I agree 100%. That's where I'm going with this. But I want to talk about just a blueprint for success real quick. You look at the Super Bowl champions of, of the past few years. You got Tampa Bay, who, you know, rushed the quarterback. Kansas City didn't really rush the quarterback. So I don't think there's a proven way to do it. But I think one, one bill that really needs something this year is Jerry Hughes. You know, he's... 33, I believe, just celebrated his birthday the other day. Happy birthday, Jerry. But, man, it's been a long time since I know he gets pressure. And pressure is is worth a lot. But is it worth what we're paying him to do that? I really want him to finish more. I know he's been flagged a lot in the past for things that shouldn't have been flags. Like, let's be honest. It, we, we've seen it. But I, I want him to either step up or step aside, like be, be a mentor to these young guys or, or maybe they don't renew them after, after this year. I want them to renew them. I'm a big fan of Jerry Hughes, especially when Mario Williams was on the other side and they were both getting double digit sacks, but I believe he had four and a half sacks last year. Not many solo tackles. I, I really want that number to be pumped up. We got Dan Kelly with some odds. Takes tonight. Dan Kelly doesn't do hot takes. What are you talking about? <laughs> Whoa, he what, said what, Jerry what Hughes needs to step up. Wow. Okay. What? Okay. You that you want to is... talk? You want to talk stats? Jerry Hughes last year played in 15 games. Okay, almost a full season. 19 tackles, 29 combined, 10 assisted, four and a half sacks, and. One, two, three, four. It's been over five seasons since he posted double-digit sacks. I know sacks aren't everything. He, he he gets a lot of pressure. He had that touchdown against Denver, which I was insanely hyped for. 
I love Jerry, but really they drafted two guys early for a reason. And it's not because Jerry's going to stick around very long. I think this very well could be his last season. Do I love Channing Hughes as many times as he gets a sack? Yeah, I do. But, you know, Bills fans get tied to players. Very attached. And Jerry's one of those guys. If he leaves, people are going to be upset. I'm going to be upset. But if that next guy's ready, if it's Rousseau, if it's Basham, okay. You know, it's time. He's been here a long time. That trade Let me really ask you this. That trade really Do you think out. that Jerry Hughes is a potential uh, camp casualty this year? No. Not anyway. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, at least I, I just get seeing where you're going. You, right. but, um, okay. 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 Wait. You're, you're fighting me on Jerry Hughes' importance or Jerry Hughes not you, – you don't think I, he needs I think to you – I think you don't value his production as highly as I do. Let's put it that way. I, I value pressure, but I, I really want him to finish more. And, and if he's just producing pressure, okay. My, I my bad. He, I think he's a victim of having horrible defensive linemen teammates of who okay. can't that, get pressure fine. themselves. That, that's a valid thing. And, and one thing I can say from, from my 10 years, he gets held a lot. He gets held. Yeah, absolutely, he lot. does, and, and they don't, don't call it very called. often. I don't yeah. See it so, yeah. so was happened. he your number? Was he your what was seven? Seven. We were number seven, I believe. He was your seven. Yeah, that's what I went with. Okay, seven. he was my seven as well. So, okay, that's <laughs> who's your who's your eight? Hey, give, give us some Jerry Hughes thoughts from from you. Oh, I mean Jerry Hughes is the guy. I, I feel like uh, if Jerry Hughes would have had a Mario, uh, no, not Mario Addison. That's not what I was talking Mario about. Williams? Uh, Mario Williams. <laughs> if he would have had somebody of Mario Williams' caliber, uh, you know, opposite of him his entire career, I feel like he would have had a much better career. I feel like he would have had a much more productive career. I feel like he's good. He's a great player. And he's, you know, he can play the position very well. Um, I know that he was like a top 15 pass rusher in PFF grades last year. He wins a lot. You know, he creates a lot of pressure. Uh, he's not great in the the run uh, defense. You know, he he doesn't. He sometimes he'll leave like a humongous gap. And I understand there are you know some weaknesses uh, you know to his game. But I, I do think he's I do think he's a goodish great player. I do. Um, uh, I think that he has been the backbone for our defense uh, these last couple of years ever since Kai Williams retired. Uh, I know he's the longest reigning Buffalo Bill on the team at, at this moment. I think he's, I think he's a future player. future wall of famer for sure. I can see say, that. If extend. we won a Super Bowl, he definitely would be a future uh, wall of famer. Um, and I think he's the only player left from the uh, Rex Ryan regime. What was, what's his name? Yeah. And uh, Doug Whaley. Doug Whaley. Oh, Doug uh, Whaley. So, <laughs> yeah. Good times, right? Good times. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but okay. yeah, uh, Jerry Hughes is, is my number seven as well. Who's your number eight? Number eight. I'm, and, and this is for real this time. I'm going to go special teams. I think Tyler Bass is really, really important to the, this team's success, whether it be, you know, PATs successfully completing them or long field goals. He's proven through the preseason. I think Matt Hawk is really good punter. May, maybe the best in the league, maybe behind like Sam Cook. I don't know if Morstead's still punting in New Orleans. Top five for sure. And uh, really the, the returner because 
I don't know. Obviously, Justice, you would know more being at camp. Stevenson really impressed in that Detroit game, but I know he didn't impress well in camp. I don't know if that job's going to McKenzie. Don't know who that job's going to. We know that the offense is going to produce. Kind of. Like, based on what they did last year. The defense was middle of the pack. They were ranked 16th out of 32 last year. I think special teams would really help. You know, if you can pin them back. Was it the game against Tennessee last year where our field position didn't touch the 50 to like the fourth quarter or something like that? That's ridiculous. And I know maybe it's punting on the other side and blah, blah. I'd love to have better field position just in general. So I think special teams, I'm going to go. And I just want to be different. So you have a different player for this one. So no, you, your number eight. You want to know what's absolutely wild is Tyler Bass was not number eight as well. So I'm actually. <laughs> well, well, give I'm me going, Tyler Bass. I want everybody. No, 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 no. I'm going to switch my eight and my nine <laughs> just so that we can we can have different uh, different players so that people don't think that we're like being crazy. Don't, don't go to my number nine. I'll, I'll slap you. But, but <laughs> <laughs> my number eight player is Cole Beasley. Um, I think that Cole Beasley is. Do you agree with his positioning on the top 100 at uh, 96? I'm not mad at his positioning. I'm mad at Trey's positioning. That's fine. Um, I'm not mad at Cole's positioning, though. Okay. Um, I I think that Cole Beasley is the run game, you know, for for, because. Even Josh said it. He's he's the virtual run game, right? When you can't get the, it going because the offensive line can't create any holes for Zach or Devin or whatever. Um, Cole Beasley is, is that little short area, short space, you know, find a, a soft spot in the zone, uh, you know, get you four, five, seven yards, you know. Um, I, I, I think that he is just Mr. Reliable. And I think it's interesting because now we have Emmanuel Sanders, who's supposed to be the master of what Cole Beasley does. So having both of those guys on the field at the same time is going to be very, very interesting to see. Right. Um, and then obviously to Diggs and Sanders, um, or not Diggs, uh, not Sanders. Um, Davis. Davis. Diggs and Davis on the uh, outside going crazy. So, um, yeah, Cole Beasley is uh, going to be my number eight. How about you? Who's your number nine? Number nine. All right, well, you can talk about Cole Beasley if you nah, want. I don't need to talk about Cole Beasley. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's whoever's behind Cole Beasley on the depth chart, really. Number nine, and you mentioned them both, Davis or Sanders, whoever really wins that spot. And I think everybody's going to play. I think everybody's going to play for a long time because, let's be honest, the, the Bills come out and empty. If you don't know empty, it's all receivers and tight ends, no running back. The Bills bye, use that bye. formation quite often. Yeah, sometimes the running backs out wide. Um, I think it's whoever really gets that, man. Davis had a really good year last year, but Emmanuel Sanders didn't do too shabby. I wasn't insane, and I'm still not. I really like John Brown. I understand the reason for the cut. They bring in Emmanuel Sanders, who was successful on the Saints last year, over 700 yards, five touchdowns. I kind of don't know how I feel because I really wanted Davis to get a bigger role this year. But I also don't want to put too much on him. So I think it's the perfect situation to have a guy like Emmanuel Sanders come in. So I'm going to go with number nine, Gabriel Davis. I think that he's shown a lot last year. Josh really looked for him in some big moments. Even Barkley found him against Miami. I just had to read the highlight on that Bills-Dolphins game today. It was fun. <laughs> you know, 56-26 Absolutely. 
victory that was, there. That would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, to yeah. send Miami home. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think Gabriel Davis could really solidify his spot as the successor to Cole Beasley if he hangs it up soon or, you know, just doing what he does. He might move up to the number two spot and be, you know, that outside guy next to Diggs. That's kind of where I have Davis right now. I think he's the number two guy. I think, you think that he's Sanders. The number two right now? I think that Sanders and and um, Beasley are better in slot. I really okay. do. Um, I think that they're better up the seams, and I would rather see Davis on the outside personally. So that's fine. Uh, that's fair. I, I think I think that that's that's the position that they'll be on the field at least. Whether you don't want to have them number two on a depth chart is is whatever, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I don't really care the about the depth chart at the end of the day right. because, like I mentioned, all the receivers are going to play. McKenzie right. gets time. Yeah. Whoever whoever makes the team, that's Hodgins really what's is interesting. Gonna get time if he makes Ooh, the team. Hodgins. Oh, I don't you know, know man. He's hurt again. He's injured again. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> so we, we actually talked about him on Icy Mike's. Just like we'd love to see something from him, but every time he gets on the field, it seems like there's some kind of injury slowing him down. Number nine, yeah. Justice, hit him. Um, I just talked about this actually on um, first round by um, Mondays at six thirty p.m. No, but nobody, uh, YouTube live shows. <laughs> uh, YouTube live show. Um, Tyler Bass is my number nine was going to be my number eight, but he's my number nine. Um, I, 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 we actually determined it was actually a clean sweep. All four of us determined that Tyler Bass is a, is a elite kicker. Now. Um, I think that can you say that with his limited, his limited production within the last year in preseason? Yes. Okay. I think that, he uh, is is very liable now. I think that his kicking power is up there with the best of them, and I think that he's become very accurate. And he's also made some pressure kicks, um, specifically the one in Indianapolis uh, where he was that. No, I'm pretty sure that was in Buffalo, right? The Indy game was that in Indy or in, in Buffalo? Buffalo? In Buffalo. Okay. The playoff right. game in uh, Buffalo. Yeah, the one against Indianapolis where uh, he made the 54-yarder. Yep. Uh, I think that that, for me, solidified it where it's like, okay, this this kid is elite. Like, he he's reliable. He's going to make the long kicks. He he can kick from 70. Like, come on, that's crazy. Um, what solidified so, him for me was when he missed those two kicks earlier on in the season and Bill's Twitter was like, sign a kicker, sign a kicker. This rookie can't do it. This rookie can't do it. I was and then he of came out and got better. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's a feeling I have, Justice. Okay, it's a feeling I have with these certain guys. And for me, when Bass was missing, I was worried, but I wasn't on the hey sign a kicker train. Mm. You see, sometimes we're on different trains. It just happens that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh, I, I, th- I think I he's just... one of the better kickers. I just can't call him elite yet. Limited production. I think he's for That's sure fair. like. You know, gonna get there. Here's here's my thing, and I respect that answer. My thing is, I'm not necessarily talking about like because at the beginning of last season, Josh was elite, right? But we didn't know that. You know, we we didn't know he was elite. Like we couldn't see it on the field. And then even when he was playing elite, we had to. 
we yeah. didn't we didn't know but it even yet. when he got out there and started playing elite football we had to go like okay you gotta give me a couple more weeks before i call you elite right he gave us a full season and we were like all right he's elite right but he was elite at the beginning of the season we just had to wait to say it so that's that's, that's kind of where i'm at with tyler bass is like right now i believe he is elite and he's gonna move into that production next year right so um number 10 Number ten. This is the last one. Uh, I got a bunch, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ravel up some names. Um, <laughs> Taron Johnson to me really needs to needs to listen. I'm not putting him as my number ten most important. I want to. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm gonna go like honorable mention. Honorable mention ten because I have two honorable mentions in one hand. Taron Johnson's an honorable mention for me. I really like him, but he gets burned a lot. Let's be real. He had some good plays against Pittsburgh. He had against Baltimore. They're going to live in infamy for a long time, but I, I really need to see something from him in coverage on a consistent basis. Somebody I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, another one I had is, and, and it's a package deal, the young defensive lineman. We talked about Jerry Hughes. There's Epineza. There's Rousseau. There's Basham. I want one of them to step up and, and be that alpha guy because soon they're going to need that. Obviously, they have – Edmonds leading the defensive linebacker. I know the safeties call plays from time to time. You're going to need that guy on the defensive line to step up. And I don't know who it is yet, but I, I hope it's one of the younger guys and they're ready for that. But my number 10 most important player, and I think we might be different here. I'm going to go with Mitch Morse, uh, the center, the highest paid center in the league. I think when he's not on the field, our offense really deteriorates. We can't run the football normally, but when he's not there, it's, it's even awful. worse. So I think he's insanely important. I don't know the numbers on him exactly. Maybe you're more in tune with the PFF stuff. I just <laughs> I kind of skate by on that stuff. But just from from my eye watching the football games, I notice when he's not out there, and I don't like it. Yeah, uh, I don't know his PFF. I know his PFF grades did take a dip this year, only because the guard play on either side of him was so awful um that his grade actually took a dip because he was responsible for their weaknesses um, that's fair so um but i agree with you he is very important and he probably would be like one of my honorable mentions uh but my number 10 guy is just the, the other tackle Darrell williams i feel like he's going to be uh very important to the team success this year was that a one-year uh, deal he signed i don't think so i think he signed three the, the three league. years right? yeah three yeah, three yeah. year 28.2 okay Okay, yeah, um, but um, I th yeah, because I figured he was here for the long haul, or at least the short haul. Um, but uh, I think that he is going to be somebody who's very important to our success, just giving Josh that ability to be able to step out either side of the pocket because our guards are awful right now. So um, he, he's going to need them on it the, to secure the edges. Uh, so uh, Darrell Williams is my number ten guy. Having having both your tackles for at least three years is quite the accomplishment. Two of the highest paid positions in sports, Daryl Williams and um, Milano yeah. both took pay cuts oh. to come yep. back. And that's, that's really a testament. Exactly. It's a testament to what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have built. You know, before this regime, there's no way those guys take discounts. They're leaving, man. They're going to New England. Absolutely They're going not. to Green Bay, Chicago, anywhere that'll pay them money. They'll go – I think Gilmore was reported to go to the Bears too at one point when before he signed with New England that that offseason because he just wanted out of Buffalo. They weren't a winning franchise. He wanted somewhere. 
I don't think the Bears were a winning franchise either, but I think they were willing to pay him. But yep. I, I want I want to question I want to end this with a question to you, Justice. Because at the end of the day, there's a cap, right? Josh Allen obviously got his money. Mm-hmm. Diggs is gonna need another contract before you know it. Mm-hmm. Singletary and Moss are up in a few years. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you think Edmonds is a top ten linebacker right now. Would in you pay conference. him? Would you, uh, top ten <laughs> linebacker in the AFC. Okay, that's fine. Still top top fifteen. Would you pay him as that on the Buffalo Bills, knowing you have limited money in the future? I want to see him sweat it out. I wouldn't mind him playing out his option and then even franchise. Is it his option only for this year? This is the fifth think, year option. This no, because they're going into their fourth year. So next year is the fifth year option. Are you sure? Then they already picked yeah, up his fifth is, year option. This I, is I Josh it. Allen's fourth year. Yeah, you got to pick it up the season four. Okay. So I want to see him play out this year okay. and his fifth year option. And if he's, if I'm still iffy, I'll franchise tag him. But um, you would, wanna, you would pay. Okay, okay. Let, now you know what the franchise tag is. I'm guessing. Yes. <laughs> yes. You would you would pay him top five in his position to stay an extra year? It depends on what happens in his fourth and fifth year. But, but, but I'm saying I'm saying I'm in the, saying, no, no, in no, the no, direction no, no. is trending. This, this is the fantasy world. This is today. You have to make a decision right now. Why? Your, He's only because, three years deep. Because it's your limited resources. It's the fact that Gabriel Davis is gonna need a contract. Beasley or Sanders, one of them probably will not be here. It's the young guys. Neither of them will be here in two years. You don't know that. <laughs> Again, I bet my bottom dollar. You have a bottom dollar? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he is worth that right now? Is he worth top five money right now? No. No, but no, no top doesn't... 15. Top 15 money. Would you give that to him knowing that you have limited resources? It depends on what the number is. Would I pay Tremaine Emmons right now is what you're asking me? If the number is good, hell yeah. I would give him uh, an extension. Yes. Do you think it's worth extending him or do you think it's worth waiting? Because the longer you wait, the higher the value may go, the more you won't be able to pay him. That was the biggest. issue. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with I have no problem with paying people who earn it. So what I'm saying is right now he just finished his third season. So (laughs) if he goes into his fourth season – and then he plays if he's great his fourth season, fine, pay him. If he if he's good, not great, play out that option, the fifth year option. And if he's great, pay him. If not, then we'll see. But can't pay, I can't, can't say pay that, everybody, is my point. Right. But I so personally who, I have an ideology of what the Buffalo Bills are. It, here's my thing, right? I have a very specific set of people who I feel like are very quintessential to the success of the Buffalo Bills, right? And then I also feel like Sean McDermott on either side of the ball, both offense and defense, Brian Dayball and Leslie Frazier, they put players in success in positions to be successful, right? So you have a few superstar players, you have a few good players, and then the rest are interchangeable, right? So mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen is your superstar, Stefan Days is your superstar. Then you guys have guys like Deion Dawkins, Ed Oliver, um, Oliver wasn't on Daryl Williams now. Either of our top tens, <laughs> and no, Oliver no. didn't touch our top tens. No, because it's for this year, and I don't, I don't know. But um, I put him at eleven. Ed Oliver, twelve. Tremaine, I feel like Tremaine Edmonds is one of those players. And Tre'Davious White, 
And I feel like those are the guys who are going to be the key players to our success for the next decade. So, yes, Jermaine Emmons for me right now is one of those players. And Ashley Matt Milano as well. I didn't know he was so young. I but just, yes. I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think that when, when Edmonds' contract comes up after the 2022 season, can you afford keeping him, Milano, Allen, Diggs, all these pieces? You said you want to be competitive for the next 20 years. I think one way to do that is to pay the right people. And like you mentioned, you can't make a decision right now. It's hard. It's gonna, mm-hmm. it's gonna, it's gonna be hard. He to hasn't be in earned it yet. It's gonna be hard to be in Brandon Bean's shoes. But one thing that that I mentioned when we had that Tremaine Edmonds scuffle, mm-hmm. I've become spoiled as a Bills fan. The success is so much that I want it. I want it. Okay, because Josh Allen did it. I want others to do it. Is it realistic? I don't think so. Can he make a leap? Yes. But is it going to be big enough? Is it going to be at the right time? Timing is a, is a big piece of this. If he if he goes out and has his best season ever and we throw him the money and then it doesn't work out, then, then it's, hey, what if, what if, what if? I don't want to be in that what if scenario. You mentioned plug-in players. I think they could – I don't think they can find another guy – Built like Tremaine Edmonds, maybe, but I think they can coach a guy in into that position if they if they need it to. I think linebacker is a position where Sean McDermott thrives. That's interesting to me. That's very interesting to me. So you think they could coach a guy who doesn't have the tools Tremaine Edmonds has to do what Tremaine Edmonds can do, but you don't think they can coach Tremaine Edmonds to be better than what Tremaine Edmonds is? No, I, I think it I think it's possible, but I'm saying Figure like the Colts or the, the 49ers, they had a cap issue. So they traded one of their better defensive ends to Indianapolis for a first round pick. Mm-hmm. The defensive tackle, I, I forget his DeForest name. DeForest Buckner. The That's the name, DeForest Buckner. Trade him away because they couldn't pay him. Just mm-hmm. to take a defensive tackle in the draft who may not be better than DeForest Buckner, but he's cheaper. That's mm-hmm. my point is you may not get – the same production right away. But when when push comes to shove and the, the penny pinching is going to begin, I'm telling you, yeah. Buffalo got lucky in bringing back some of these guys this year that came came back on But deals. see, that's, that's another difference we have. I don't know if they got lucky. I think Brandon Bean is legitimately a genius. So oh, I, 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 think that, to, I think that too. But, but I have to add it. that into the equation when I talk about Tremaine Edmonds. I don't know what Tremaine Edmonds will be in – Next year, I don't know what it'll be in two years, right? But how do we so know I Josh can't exactly be next year? We don't, but uh, we can use context clues and see that he's never really gotten worse over an eight game period. He's only ever gotten better. He's only ever gotten better. That is his entire narrative. Is he's only ever gotten better, right? Agreed. So. I, I don't know about Tremaine Edmonds. All I'm saying is, right now, I know what I know, which is. He has the tools. He he can do the he can do the job. We've seen him do the job. Now we just need to see him be a dog. We need to see him be more aggressive. We need to see him run through people. We need to see him have more awareness and be in, more in control and in command. I don't know if he'll be able to do that, but I don't mind giving him two years to figure it out. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm fine with it, but but it's time. Like yeah, this, absolutely. This year, I'm 
you know, you, you mentioned the fact that I'm not high on Edmonds right now and I'm high on Allen and how they came in the same draft class. I didn't criticize Edmonds last year. I'm criticizing him going into his contract years because this is when you need you need to prove it in my book is those contract yeah. years. Shaq Lawson is a guy who developed a little too late, and he was drafted by the old regime, Doug Whaley, as you mentioned. Was he was he good enough for, for an extension? Probably. He he probably was. Those last he wanted too much. And I think that his exactly. success that's was based saying. on the team's success. I don't even think he was that good of a player. Uh, that That's a hot take in my opinion, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I just – I think, you know, now I'm harsh because this is a new year. Last year was great. I don't want that to be the only year. And that's one thing I, I spoke to a lot of people about. It's hard. The NFL is hard. The Bills Absolutely. have not been successful for a long time. And the fact that it happened once, I'm not content with it. Was I happy? Overjoyed. But I need it again. And I need it again. And I need it again. We Absolutely. need consistency. And, and that's why I want to be so harsh, man. Now's the time. You said it's Super Bowl year. If it's Super Bowl year, let's let everybody just break out, man. Everybody. Play Dane Jackson the entire game. See if he beats out Levi Wallace. Do what you think need, needs to be done. And let's have a successful year. And we're going to be talking a lot more. Is when Terrain Edmonds does better, I know you'll be in my ear. And I'll take I'll take all of it, man. <laughs> this was a good talk. It may have been an hour and 20 minutes, and you guys may only be listening to 30 minutes, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, seriously. Um, I, I do think that, you know, players can get better with time. So especially when they have good, good coaches, you know, so. Uh, but yes, man, man, Dan Kelly, I really appreciate you uh, joining me here on the Windshield Factor podcast. Please, guys, listen to Icy Mics that uh, drops every Sunday. They just dropped an episode. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, appreciate you, bro. Uh, this is the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening. We are. Thank you for listening to The Wind Chill Factor with your host, Justice General. Be sure to catch Justice every Tuesday only on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.